you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey everybody, it's Wednesday, October 4th, 2023. Welcome to the NFL Fantasy Football Show. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, joined by Michael F. Florio. We are previewing Thursday Night Football and the early Sunday games from Week 5. Plus, we're asking what to do about some key fantasy names returning to the field. So, here we are. We are through four weeks. I'd say this is the quarter point of the season, but with a 17-week season, like, the math doesn't quite work out. You, you hear a lot of the time, like, oh, the seasons is played in quarters, and it's like, yeah, it was perfect for that <laughs> analogy, and then we added the 17th game. Yeah, the 17th game, and now it's weird, you know? You made it weird, NFL. You made it weird. Uh, we're going to try to not make it weird today. We got plenty to talk about on this show. We got some fantasy heroes. We are previewing the entire Week 5 slate, and... We're asking about what to do about some key names that are returning to the field. But let's get started, as we always do, with some fantasy headlines. The ongoing headline out of Cincinnati has to do with Joe Burrow and that calf injury that is very obviously limiting him right now. Now, according to both Burrow and head coach Zach Taylor, the quarterback's going to continue to play through injury. Meanwhile, T. Higgins has a broken rib. Now, he said earlier in the week, that he wants to try and play through it. He also said that he can't sleep on that side. And I'm like, bro, you can't sleep on it, but you're going to let somebody like hit you. Um, terrible idea. It's a terrible idea, but you're a different person than me. Um, but either way, we know the quarterback is going to try and gut it out. We'll see whether or not T. Higgins tries to gut it out. Would we, and when I say we, I mean the Bengals and fantasy managers, be better off if these guys just sat and rested and got healthy? I think for the Bengals, we're past that point. Like, I, I think you should have listened to Jamar Chase and let T, uh, Joe Burrow rest the first month of the season. Their upcoming schedule after this week against the Cardinals, they get the Seahawks, the 49ers, the Bills, the Texans, and the Ravens. Oof. Yeah, good luck in that stretch where they compromise Joe Burrow. For fantasy, though, we got to do what the Bengals are not doing. We have to sit Joe Burrow. And I also think it's okay to sit T. Higgins because he's a risk of leaving early, and they've also been struggling to get him the ball right now. The only must-start Bengal, I would say, is Jamar Chase. I mean, Jamar Chase definitely is, and even he was frustrated. You, you heard that last week when he said, I'm always bleeping open. I don't think this was any sort of him having beef with Joe Burrow. Those guys go way back. I think this was just him being frustrated with an offense that can't move the football right now. And I, I definitely do think if the Bengals were in a different situation, if they weren't one and three and really looking up at everybody else in the AFC North, they probably would try to sit Joe Burrow. But as you mentioned, they don't really have that luxury. You, my dear friend, in fantasy, you do have that luxury. Hopefully you have another option because Joe Burrow right now, not the guy you want to ride with. Speaking of riding, our Arthur Smith says the Atlanta Falcons going to keep riding with Desmond Ritter. Look. There were a lot of people this past week that were tweeting out gifs and tweets about Taylor Heineke. Hi, it's me. I'm people. I was tweeting out Taylor Heineke gifs because it just seemed like they couldn't keep going with Desmond Ritter. But here they are. So as long as Ritter is the quarterback, are any Falcons pass catchers startable? Nope. 
Uh, right now, Kyle Pitts has the lowest, uh, the highest rate of uncatchable targets in the NFL, and Drake London is third. <laughs> so there are two top pass catchers that they use top ten, top eight picks on. They cannot get the ball, and yet, despite the fact that all Falcons fans and everyone here is saying like, "Hey, maybe you should make the quarterback switch," Arthur Smith's doing exactly whatever he wants to do, which is what he did last year, and stick with a struggling quarterback until the season was really over. You would never guess. That Arthur Smith grew up a billionaire, <laughs> right? I just—it's a—I still is amazing to me that you know the son of the founder of FedEx refuses to work through the air. It just—it just doesn't really make any <laughs> sense to me. I can't figure that out. At this point, the only startable Falcon is Bijan Robinson. Yep, that's it. There are no other Falcons players that I feel comfortable having in my lineup, and we have reached the point of the story where Kyle Pitts is not only benchable. He is droppable mm -hmm. in a lot of leagues. That's how bad it is. And look, maybe it's not all on him. He is dealing with an injury and he's trying to fight through that. But between the injury, between the scheme, between the lack of catchable targets, uh, Kyle Pitts once again has has let us down. I mean, it's again, it's not all on you, Kyle. We love you. It's the people you hang out with that are the problem, it seems like. It's like right when your now. parents tell you when you're a kid. Right. <laughs> Be careful of the company you keep because right now it's a bad reflection on you. That's all. In uh, some other news. Folks who are coming back, calling this welcome back. Now what? Uh, we are, there are a handful of guys, three in particular, that are set to, if not make their debuts this week, very, very soon. The first one, Jonathan Taylor, who's been on the pup list. He is back. He's expected to be practicing again this week for the Indianapolis Colts. In the meantime, Zach Moss has been playing really well. Anthony Richardson is back. He's running the football really well. If Taylor can come back and play in week five, what does this mean for the Colts' backfield? I think Jonathan Taylor, if he plays for the Colts, he plays for your fantasy team, unless we hear that he's on like a heavy snap count or anything like that. If we don't hear that and we hear it's full systems go, you start him. And then for Zach Moss, I think he's a player you want on your roster, preferably not in your starting lineup. We know that if anything happens to Jonathan Taylor and look, it's not like he hasn't been dealing with an injury. It's not like he hasn't made, been pretty vocal that he does not want to be here right now. So if anything was to happen to Taylor, we know that Zach Moss is an RB2 with RB1 upside. As for Anthony Richardson, I think this only helps him, right? Like he, he's going to keep getting around the option. He's going to continue to be heavily used near the goal line. He's a must-start quarterback. The thing about the Colts backfield is that they really have been a one-back offense. Uh, in week one, it was Deion Jackson that got most of the work. He played 70-plus percent of the snaps. Since then, Zach Moss, 98% of snaps, 76% of snaps, 81% of snaps. It has been the Zach Moss show. Now, if they in turn decide they're going to do that with Jonathan Taylor, uh, the upside is huge. I mean, let's not forget, this is a guy that two seasons ago we were drafting as the number one overall player in fantasy football. Obviously, it didn't work out. Injuries and things sort of conspired against him. But it's not about talent. If he's getting this opportunity, he is talented enough to really take advantage of this uh, and goes back to being a high, high-end RB1. Cooper Cup is eligible to come back. The 21-day window on him uh, being activated is now in progress for the Los Angeles Rams. Puka Nakua is, they're already fitting him for a gold jacket for Canton, apparently, <laughs> after the first four weeks of his career. Obviously, when Cup comes back, that means they're going to have to share some targets. Puka Nakua does not go away, but how much do you downgrade him when we get a healthy Cooper Cup? Look, he goes from being a top five wide receiver to more of a wide receiver two, I would say, for fantasy purposes. But if there's any team that can keep two wide receivers afloat, it is a Sean McVay offense. We right now have 
Puka Nakua is a top five fantasy tight end, but Tutu Atwell is a top 20 wide receiver. Tyler Higby is a top 10 tight end. And for years, we had two top 15 wide receivers with Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. Coming into the year, I thought Puka Nakua would play the Robert Woods role. He's been playing the Cooper Cup role with him sideline. I think Cup comes in and obviously becomes the number one target again. But Puka can still do a whole bunch of good things. He will still be heavily involved. And you still want to start him in fantasy. And you talk about Matthew Stafford supporting two wide receivers in L.A. with Cup and Robert Woods. You can go back even further. He did it in Detroit when he had Calvin Johnson and Golden Tate. And then after Calvin Johnson retired, he had Golden Tate and Marvin Jones and made both of those guys really successful. So we know that Matthew Stafford can support multiple pass catchers. This is a team that runs a lot of three wide receiver sets, too. And I'm wondering who the odd man out is. I think at this point, probably Van Jefferson. Yeah, uh, in those sets, it's it becomes a, you know, Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua, Tutu Atwell, which, by the way, a Cooper Puka Tutu lineup is, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's like a Disney Channel show. That's all I know. Uh, it's amazing. Uh, so I'm with you, though. I think Puka come, comes back and becomes a, a wide receiver, too. But you're not putting him on your bench because he's just been too good at this point. Apparently, the three of them, Puka, Cooper and Matt Stafford, have been eating breakfast together. Too. See, this is the this is the information we need to know. If we had known this a couple of years ago with Cooper Cup, he would have been like the number one overall pick. We didn't find out till later. Now we need to know this. Uh, Jamison Williams is eligible to return for the Lions. He was serving a suspension uh, for violating the gambling policy. Now, Dan Campbell has said he is going to play a fairly limited role, at least early on when he returns. We have expectations for Jamison Williams. We, we hope he can do well. We haven't really seen him play that much football. His rookie year, he was injured most of the year. Uh, played six games at the end of the season, was injured all of this preseason, and then was suspended. I mean, would you feel confident putting him back in your lineup right away? No. It, it is no secret that I love Jamison Williams. I'm very high on him, and I want him on as many fantasy teams as I can get him. But like you said, he's coming off the injury. He hasn't been with the team for a month. We don't know how healthy he is. He could be on a snap count, like they're saying. I want to take a wait-and-see approach. I think the upside is sky high. I kept saying it during draft season, like he brings league winning upside. But the beauty is you didn't have to draft him as a starter. You were drafting him as a backup anyway. So unless you're desperate because of buys or injuries, just leave him on your bench for now and kind of let's see him do it before you plug him in. Very much taking a wait and see attitude with Jamison Williams, especially because the Lions offense is sort of rolling along nicely. I mean, I'm on Ross St. Brown is still doing his thing. Sam Laporta has been great. Josh Reynolds has been making plays in this passing game. And they still haven't exactly figured out how to completely integrate Jameer Gibbs into what they're doing yet. So there's a lot of places for Jared Goff to go with the football. So I'm with you. I'm not just going to jam Jamison Williams back into the lineup. I'm going to wait a week or two, see how the Lions are using him before uh, I go on and make that decision. Going to step away for a quick break. Stick around for more of the NFL Fantasy Football Show. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Time now to jump into the week five game previews. Uh, we have started the buys this week. Uh, four teams 
are on a bye. We got the Cleveland Browns, the Los Angeles Chargers, the Seattle Seahawks, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers all taking the week off. Teams that are not taking the week off, though, and getting things started on Thursday. The Chicago Bears head to Washington or Maryland or the DMV, somewhere in that part of the country. And they're going to take on the Washington Commanders. You can see that game at 8.15 p.m. Eastern time on Prime Video. The Bears still looking for their first one. I don't know if you've seen the meme. There's a meme going around. Um, it is, you know, has your team won a game since Elon Musk took over Twitter? <laughs> and it has the logos of every North American pro sport, major pro sports league team. And all of them are grouped in the, well, of course, it happened in October of 2022. And off to the side, all by themselves, are the Chicago Bears in the no column because they have not won a game in a really long time. We're not going to get into wins or losses here, but we are going to get into <laughs> DJ Moore, who's playing some good football right now. So more or less, 75 receiving yards for DJ Moore. I think he's going to have more in this game. Uh, he's playing really good football, and last week we saw him kind of explode, and he was putting up numbers before the Bears offense really started clicking. I think Justin Fields, I still think better days are coming for him. I don't think last week was just a product of playing the Broncos, but DJ Moore right now on pace for a career High in receiving yards. I think that continues with more than 75 this week. I think it continues with more than 75 as well. Uh, the passing game for the Bears is pretty much DJ Moore and Cole Komet. I mean, that's been it for most of the season. And where once upon a time, we sort of tried to avoid the Washington defense. This year, they have been vulnerable. I mean, uh, they have given up a ton of yards to wide receivers. They've given up six receiving touchdowns to the position. That's tied for most allowed in the NFL. So again, I, I'm with you. I don't think it was just the Broncos playing the Broncos help, but it's not just playing the Broncos that helped Justin Fields. I think they're starting to turn a corner offensively. Uh, and I think, I think you're going to see DJ Moore have another nice game on the other side, more or less than 0.5 receiving touchdowns for Terry McLaurin. McLaurin has one touchdown this year. It was on a fumble recovery in the end zone. So will he actually score a receiving touchdown this week? I'm hopeful. I, I'm hopeful that this is the week. And part of the reason I've been critical on Sam Howell, besides the fact that he has five interceptions and 24 sacks through four games, is that he's struggling to get Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson the ball. And I think that this is one of the best young receiving groups in the NFL. And if you can't get them the ball, eh, that's a problem. So I am hopeful that in this cakewalk of a matchup against the <laughs> Chicago Bears, that they emphasize getting Terry going. I have a lot of Terry McLaurin, so I'm, I'm definitely in need of a touchdown. Yeah, I, I think they get him one. I think they are really trying to emphasize getting him in the end zone, getting him going. Um, there are a lot of places they're going with the ball, though, because Jahan Dotson's getting targets, Curtis Samuel's starting to get work, uh, even Logan Thomas every once in a while is sort of working in there. But I do think for this offense to be successful long term, Terry McLaurin has to kick it into gear. And so I think this is a week that they can really emphasize trying to make that happen. Turning now to the Sunday slate, starting early morning in London. That game kicks off at 9.30 a.m. Eastern time. You can see it on NFL Network and on NFL Plus. Jaguars at the Bills. Been a rough start for the Jaguars. Uh, did we overhype Trevor Lawrence this year? I think so, and I'm as guilty as anyone. I thought he would be an MVP candidate this season, and that has not been the case. So far this year, he's averaging 14.5 fantasy points per game and one touchdown per game. But this goes to last season as well, per our great Joel Smith. In his last eight games, since week 15 of last season, Lawrence is averaging 13 fantasy points per game. QB 25 in that span behind Baker Mayfield, 
Josh Dobbs, and Daniel Jones. I think that's the thing that we sort of ignored. We saw the big comebacks. We saw the way the Jaguars were playing and winning games. And we're like, hey, man, this is going to be great. They're getting Calvin Ridley. It's going to be amazing. And we sort of overlooked the fact that when you broke down Trevor Lawrence's season on a week-to-week basis, it was kind of up and down. And there were more sort of meh weeks than there were great weeks for Trevor Lawrence. And so I think we sort of tried to push that aside and just think that naturally everything progresses. Uh, So maybe we did get a little bit too high on Trevor Lawrence. I'm with you. I was very much in that camp as well. Maybe not MVP, but I was very big on him having a a good, good season. Texans at the Falcons. Uh, We talked about Bijan and him being the only Falcon worth starting. Uh, Are you willing to go back to Tank Dell after he sort of let you down in week four? I think I I am at least. And I know (laughs) some people out there might be like, oh, this guy, look, he didn't give you much production at all last week. I'm getting away. But Nico Collins had a down game two weeks ago, and a lot of you were like, I'm pulling him from my starting lineup. How'd that work out? (laughs) 168 yards and two touchdowns later. This is the thing. Wide receiver is a position with a lot of variance. Week to week, these guys are going to have high highs and sometimes low lows, but he is on a Texans team that passes the ball a whole bunch. CJ Shout is maybe the best rookie quarterback ever. He is playing out of his mind good right now. Second most passing yards through four games for a rookie, that is, and he has not thrown an interception. I, I think you just you continue to roll with the top two wide receivers there. I think you do. And to your point, Look, outside of the Justin Jefferson's and Stefan Diggs's and, you know, a healthy Cooper Cup, aside from those guys, you are going to have the highs and lows. That is just the nature of the position, especially in fantasy. So give Tank Dell another shot. Don't just quit on him because he had one down week. Uh, it's going to be fine. There will be better weeks for Tank Dell. It's coming. Uh, Panthers at the Lions. Jameer Gibbs has not been what we wanted him to be. Is it time to put him on the bench? Unfortunately, I think so. Unless, you know, you're desperate because of injuries and buys and all that. I get it. Sometimes you don't have a better option. But Jameer Gibbs is is playing really good when he gets the opportunity on a per-touch basis. He clears David Montgomery in almost every stat. But it doesn't matter because David Montgomery is getting all the volume. He's getting the goal line work. And against the Panthers, I think this is a game where the Lions are at home. They're going to have the lead. And we saw last week when they're playing from ahead, it is David Montgomery time. So I I question if Gibbs will even see the volume this week. I'm going to go semi-contrarian and say that you can start him as a flex this week, mostly because the Panther run defense has not been good. Now, this could, again, blow up in my face, and it's David Montgomery scoring another three touchdowns on the ground. But the fact that the Panthers have struggled against the run gives me a little bit of hope that if they decide to give Gibbs some touches, that he can turn that into something. I think it's weird and frustrating that we got so excited because they're like, we're going to use Jameer Gibbs in ways you couldn't imagine. And I never thought that one of those ways would be like, you know, sideline cheerleader. Yeah, (laughs) just not you. But I I agree with you. I think if you do play him this week, you're hoping that he the big plays are eventually going to come. You're hoping that it starts now. Hopefully it starts now. Uh, Titans at the Colts as we get back to our week five game previews. We talked about Jonathan Taylor. And uh, if he does come back and play in week five, is he a must-start against a good Titans run defense? Yeah, one of the hardest matchups for a running back. But again, if, if he's playing for the Colts and there's no word of him being on a limit, especially with four teams on by and all the injuries to the running back position, I find it hard to believe that you have two options that you feel confident in starting over Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, I just, again, if, if they're really going to give him that kind of workload that they've been giving to Zach Moss, I don't know how you don't start Jonathan Taylor. I don't care what the matchup is. 
Um, if he's going to get 90% of the snaps, he's going to be in your lineup. Plus, if you drafted him, you have been holding on to him, sitting there for four weeks waiting to use him. What are you waiting for? Put him back in your lineup. I, I have a team with him and Cup. I've already put both of them in there the lineup. There it is. Lineup. Just like slide them in right now. And then if Just you got to make a vibes. change, you got to make a change on Sunday morning, make the change on Sunday morning. Whatever. Uh, Giants at the Dolphins. I mean, look, we know the Dolphins you're starting. You're starting Tua. You're starting uh, Devon A. Chan, probably Raheem Mostert, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell. You're starting a whole bunch of Dolphins. Their defense. Their defense. <laughs> Are you starting any Giants? <sighs> this sounds gross to say, but. You don't have to love it, but I do think multiple Giants are in play this week as a streaming option. Like, I think Daniel Jones is a streaming option because they're going to be trailing. He's going to have to throw the ball a whole bunch. We've already seen he could put up points with his legs. And then the Dolphins get pressure at below league average rates. So hopefully he has time there to get the ball to Darren Waller, who I still think you could start as a tight end. And then Wandell Robinson. I think he is a deep, a little bit of a deeper streaming option because he's just the number one go-to wide receiver right now. I love that we have no B-roll because there's no good highlights to show the I Giants I mean, right what now. are we going to show of them? It's just Daniel Jones running for his life and taking sacks <laughs> and throwing pick sixes. Like, that's kind of it. Uh, look, if Saquon Barkley plays, I think yes. you can start Saquon. We'll you know, kind of keep an eye on, on his, uh, his ankle situation and whether or not he's going to be available this week. If he plays, I think you can start him. I'm with you on Wandale, and he's a guy that I sort of have been liking and writing up as a sleeper the last couple of weeks just because... They just want to get somebody the ball in space. Uh, and Wandale is that guy. I, I was trying it with Jalen Hyatt. They just, Jalen Hyatt is sort of on the Marvin Mims plan where he just can't get on the field. And I don't really understand it because the Giants are bad. And so why wouldn't you try something else, anything else? Uh, but you know what? That's why I sit here and talk about fake football for a living. And Brian Dayball's <laughs> on the sideline with a headset. Throwing tablets. Throwing tablets at his quarterback. Good job. Uh, Saints <laughs> at the Patriots. Uh, my stomach got queasy thinking about the offense in this game. Uh, the Saints passing attack has not been great. Last week, Derek Carr was playing despite a shoulder injury, and it, it showed in a lot of ways. Uh, it's, it's hurting. It's hurting Chris Olave. It's hurting Michael Thomas. What do you do about the Saints passing game in fantasy? I think it's, well, Alvin Kamara is a must start. And I know it's weird to talk about a running back when we're talking about the passing attack, but he was, he led them in every receiving yeah, category. Targets. Yeah. <laughs> he had more points on catches than anything else in week, in his first game back. Chris Olave had his work. He had one catch for four yards last week. It's a Derek Carr problem. Derek Carr was clearly not healthy, but I still think you roll with him because the upside is far too high. It given you at least 14 in every game before that. Michael Thomas right now is outside the top 40 wide receivers. Rashid Shahid is as well. I actually think I would play Shahid over Thomas because the upside is high. He just needs one long catch, but it's pretty much Olave or bust. It's just Olave for me at this point. Um, it's funny because at one point in the game, I think Derek Carr went out. Jameis came in. He threw one pass. It was intercepted. And the Saints were like, all right, that's enough of that. So they went back <laughs> to Derek Carr again. But it's, it's kind of brutal uh, in New Orleans when it comes to that passing game. Ravens and the Steelers, speaking of brutal passing games, the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, likely without Kenny Pickett for several weeks as he has a knee injury. So the Mitch is back. Uh, which Steelers do you feel confident in starting with Mitch Trubisky at uh, under center? None. Zero. <laughs> Zero. Like you probably still have to start George Pickens and starting him is hoping for a long play in this one. We know that he's capable of taking a catch and breaking a tackle and going the distance. But if he doesn't do that, you might be looking at single-digit fantasy points. Najee Harris had his best game of the year last week, and he still got outscored by Jalen Warren. If I'm starting a Steelers running back, 
it's Jalen Warren. And and it's sad to say right now, but I'm trying to avoid all all the Steelers if possible. I mean, Jalen Warren hasn't been great. I mean, you're right. He's been the better of the two backs. He hasn't been great. I think I can ride with Pickens simply because last year when Trubisky had to play, he actually had a decent connection with George Pickens. He was able to get the ball to Pickens and Deontay Johnson. We know there's no Deontay right now. So I think Pickens does have a little bit of value uh, this week, but it's not pretty. It's ugly there. Uh, people are wondering whether or not Matt Canada has a Twitter burner at this point. That's how things are going in Pittsburgh right now. Not great. Not great. That'll do it for this edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Show. Stay happy, safe, and healthy. Do good and live well. We're back tomorrow to preview the rest of the Week 5 matchups. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.